yeah. Philly. Bird gang. Yeah. They got enemies, got a lot of enemies. Everybody hating on that bird gang energy. Bird they trying to take the wave that we on. Check it and respect it, bruh. It's fourth and jump. Ooh, we. Yeah, we got that loud pipe. This that show, all bird gangs alike. Agel, E Rock, Evan, the homie Mike. Ain't no show keeping up in sight. Yeah. When you watching them birds play, birds. thoughts go through your mind about some misplays. Backstage politics, right. who's next on the trade block? Man. Tune in to 4th and John, get your answers, bruh. If you be in the city, just know that we get busy. Get Time busy. there's a whole game, tailgate, we lit Cheering on them birds, uh, singing that fight song. E-A-G-L-E-S, we on, look. We from Philly. If you don't know, we run these streets the same way the birds run that NFC East. Giants is weak, skins is trash, Cowboys every season whoop that ass up. It ain't no competition, we here for those who listen, want nothing but the facts, that ego coalition. We could give two fucks about your trash ass team. Our concern is about that black, that white, that midnight green, the feathers on the helmet, bruh, our hearts indebted. Fly, Eagles, fly, what it's about, bruh, I said it, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Home of the NFC champions, Philadelphia, we are live broadcasting from the beautiful new media studios right outside of Philadelphia. Welcome to the 4th and John Super Bowl Preview Show, Part 2. Boys and girls, we are five days away from the Super Bowl, and all year I have stood up in front of this microphone, Pope John Paul has got on top of his soapbox and preached the gospel of the Philadelphia Eagles. At times, I have spoken on behalf of the entire Eagles fan base. But tonight, I want to speak on behalf of me, myself, and only I. Because as we turn this corner into the second week, getting ready for the Super Bowl, I fully expected those butterflies in my stomach to be bouncing around like there was a hurricane in there. I expected sleepless nights where I'm staring up at that ceiling, wondering what a Super Bowl would feel like or the disappointment of another crushing defeat to the New England Patriots. I expected the seeds of doubt that were planted 13 years ago, in 2005, to come rooting back into my head. But as I stand before you today, and as you hear my voice across these airwaves, I am of sound mind, and I am sleeping like a fucking baby. It is an unexpected calm. It is, it is a surprising peace that I'm feeling. And today, I was racking my brain. I was thinking to myself, Iraq, why do you feel this way? And I've come to these conclusions. Eagles fans, we have done everything in our power to will our team to this point. 
We fully embraced the underdog mentality. We have made Lincoln Financial Field the home field advantage to be feared across the NFL that it is. We have taken over stadiums coast to coast. There is nothing left for us to do. I'm not a religious man, but it's in God's hands now. We've done everything we could possibly do. Number two, this team is the single best team we've ever sent to the Super Bowl to represent the city of Philadelphia. You can argue better teams. This team was better at that. That team was better at that. But collectively, as the definition of a team, this is the best one we're sending. This team has taken under, taken the underdog, ragtag, nobody believed in us mentality of the 1980 Vermeil team. This team has taken the violent, gritty, knock-em-out knock mentality of Buddy's boys back in 91 that should have went to a Super Bowl had Randall Cunningham not went down. This team has the finesse, the talent, the scheme of the 2004 Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb team. And lastly, this team can no longer be doubted. Every time the critics, the naysayers, the haters try to cast doubt upon this Philadelphia Eagles team. They have risen to the occasion and they have dominated. Even people in our own fan base who have cast doubt, even myself who have doubted them at times, can no longer doubt them any longer. Eagles fans, there is nothing left for us to do except get ready for the biggest fucking party you have ever seen on Broad Street because I believe in my heart that this team is winning the Super Bowl. I believe in my core, down to my soul, that this team is not only going to lift the Lombardi trophy up, they are going to step on the throats of the New England Patriots dynasty. They are going to end the evil empire because they did not call themselves a dynasty until they beat us for their third Super Bowl championship. And it is only fitting. It is only right. It is only justice that we are the fucking ones to end it. <laughs> Mr. Gail Saunders. My partner in crime yeah, for the buddy. last two years on this podcast. Yeah, buddy. And the six years prior to it, the floor is yours, my friend. I mean, as a podcast, as a fan base, uh, as an Eagles team, we have been waiting for this moment. I mean, the, the moment is finally upon us. It's, it's kind of like, like surreal. Like you wake up in the morning, you're like, Super Bowl, you think about it every night. You think about it before you go to sleep. You think about it when you wake up. But it's here. But at the end of the day, it's all about identity of this football team. And there's a quote from Bill Walsh, who's won a lot of Super Bowls. You must be the best version of yourself that you can be. Stay within the framework of your own personality and be authentic. If you're faking it, you will be found out. And this Super Bowl, we're coming to take the Super Bowl. We don't give a shit about Tom Brady or what he's going to do. We don't care about the, t the technique of the rub routes and spreading them out and Gronkowski. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, Doug Peterson had a, a, uh, a word of advice for Brett Favre, who was coaching a his, his first high school football team. He talked about uh, he, he needed to call Doug Peterson for some, some help. Brett Favre calling Doug Peterson. I'm going to coach my first high school high school game. What should I do, Doug Peterson? He said, "Kiss." It's a it's a it's a it's a coaching term. It means keep it simple, stupid. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, you do 
what you know best. You do, do you do you, Doug. And what has Doug been? He's been aggressive. He he stuck to his own identity. And at, in times like this, you look at the other Doug who played Bill Belichick last week, Doug Marone, who took his foot off the gas. Their, their team was uh, aggressive. That Jaguars team had the game in the bag. They went into zone coverage instead of playing man. You look at tweets from A.J. Bouye, look at tweets from Jalen Ramsey, and how upset they were when they changed the format of the defense. So Bill Belichick could just slip, slip right in and do what he does. But at the end of the day, it's about being aggressive, doing you, Doug. And I feel like we're here, man. We're yes, here. Sir. We are here, and we're gonna we're taking no prisoners. Uh, we're we're gonna kick in the door, wave in the four four. All I want to hear <laughs> is Fletcher Cox, don't he hit me no more. <laughs> you know, I lo- I love the fact that you brought up right at the top of what you were saying, identity. Because our, our, our good friend over at SB Nation, Tyler Tynes, wrote a little article that we were a little bit of a contributor to. Yeah. We sat down with him at Chickies of Pete's and talked to him. And one of the things that we talked about was this fan base and this city holds a high priority on identifying with the team in front of them. And that's where Eagles teams of the past have struggled. Uh, for instance, Nelson Aguilar last year all up in his head, saying in front of people or in front of the media that, you know, he's a little lost in his own heads. Philadelphians can't identify with that. There have been other teams that struggled in the past. Uh, Jason Avant comes to mind where he's talking about the fans. Boom. We can't identify with that. We can identify with every aspect of this team, every individual on this team. There are leaders. There are heroes. We see ourselves in this team, whether it be Chris Long giving away his entire year's salary to charity, whether it be Malcolm Jenkins trying to, whether you agree with it or not, trying to bridge the gap on um, social issues that, you know, have been a, a little bit of a topic in the NFL nowadays, whether it be a guy like Nick Foles, who during his media day tells his story about a lack of confidence and how he fell back in love with the game. Every cliche thing that have been attributed to the Philadelphia fans, the hardworking, blue-collar, things that we kind of poo-poo off and think are cliche, secretly in the back of our heads, we love it to death. And when we can identify with that, we fully embrace a team. And going back to my opening, that's why I'm saying I can no longer doubt this team because they are a reflection of the city that's sending them to Minneapolis to go do what has never been done before in franchise history, and that's win a goddamn Super Bowl. Working the social media today is our friend, Philly Mike. I bleed Philly. How are you today, sir? I have been... This is what's been going on with me. Since Sunday, this past Sunday, I've been excited and nervous. My stomach has been in knots since then. And that's when it like really hit me. We're like, holy shit, we're one win away to win it all. All what's making me real nervous is Tom Brady. I just want our defensive line to absolutely feast, destroy Tom Brady, put him in his deathbed. He's wearing a white jersey Sunday. I want to make sure there's fucking blood on his jersey on Sunday. <laughs> oh my god. I I wanna Destroy Tom Brady. I want to destroy the Pats so bad. I would love to have another blowout just like the Vikings game. Just to end a fucking era with the fucking Patriots. Just one more win. Finish him. It's a a winnable game. I'm not scared of this New England Patriots the way I was frightened of the New England Patriots when we played them in 2004. This isn't the same team. In fact, I was listening to uh, the Fanatic today. 
Mays and Bertitas, and they had a uh, they had a Boston radio station kind of doing a multicast with them. Mm-hmm. And even the Boston radio station admitted that in the seven Super Bowl appearances under Tom Brady, won five of them, lost two of them, correct? Mm-hmm. That this is probably the second worst team that they're sending to the Super Bowl. That the worst team that they sent was the second time they played the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. So this is not... This is still Tom Brady, the GOAT, and he can kill you. This is still Bill Belichick, the coaching GOAT, and he can still scheme up a PhD-style game plan to burn you. But at the end of the day, this is a winnable game, and this is a beatable New England Patriots team. Working the soundboard today is Hollywood Hearn, Evan Bubblegum Ear. How are you today? I'm good, man. I am good. Ashton I am... Kusher. <laughs> I, uh, I'm soaking it all in, as I have been all season long. And um, it's been a fun ride all season. And uh, I never really thought that it would roll all the way this far. But I just want to throw it out there that, like, who would have thought the one year that the Eagles are making a Super Bowl push and it's looking like they're going to win is also the year of the rise of 4th and John? I'm just super thankful to be able to talk sports with you guys at such a high peak. It's good for, for business. For, it, it's, it's, it's great. Good for it's doing great for <laughs> but uh, I uh, threw together a little year in review. Okay. A uh, little, uh, get us a little bit amped for the game. Ooh, All right, let's one. do it. Wentz takes the snap. Wentz fires out of the flat to Aguilar. Aguilar across the 10, across the 5. He leaps. He's in. Touchdown. There he is. You gotta get up. Come on, get up. Over to his left. Ryan rolls. Ryan pumps. Ryan is throwing it up in the air. Incomplete! Incomplete! And tell us to go! He's hit, and it's intercepted. It's picked off by Robinson. Robinson at the 30. Cuts back across the field. Patrick Robinson looks for a block. Now he's at the 20. He's at the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! Patrick Robinson! Don't get back. Come on. Get back. Tommy, you don't need this. Tommy, you lose your finish. I got one more round. Come on. I'm not going to knock you out this time. I'm going to put you through the street. One more round. The Eagles are headed for the Super Bowl. I love it. Bring a tear down my eye, man. Hollywood Hearn Productions. Nobody nobody take that Twitter handle because that has not been made yet. (laughs) Hollywood Hearn? Oh, you 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 better take it. There's people live listening to this. You better take it. You got to end up with a parody account with you and a feather boa and sunglasses on looking like Hulk Hogan. Not the fake Hollywood Hearn. (laughs) (laughs) The fake Hollywood Hearn. Like Ric Flair. And next, I would like to introduce in the studio one of your favorite Twitter accounts on Eagles Twitter, certainly one of mine, in studio, and he was at the tailgate the first week. He was at the tailgate for the NFC Championship game, 
And now he's here in studio to complete the trifecta to bring home a Super Bowl victory. Eagles fan problems is in studio with us. How are you today, sir? I am just amazing. It's great. Like, I'm first off, thank you guys for, you know, letting me on here Thanks today. Thanks for stopping in. But, um, you know, I've spent 13 years personally just wondering and waiting what this is going to feel like again. Like, you know, we lose the Super Bowl in 2004. And you're, my first thought is I'm a 13-year-old kid, and I'm like, oh, well, no, no problem. You know, we'll be back the next year. We've got McNabb and T.O., and, you know, we're set up for years to come. And then, you know, boom, that falls out. And then the years go on, and it's not so easy. And then I really thought in 2008, maybe now this is going to do it because this, you know, could really be the last run for Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook and Brian Dawkins and running and that whole crew. And then it's, you know, the, the rug is ripped out from underneath us at the last second against the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm like, damn, like, when is the next time that this team's going to get back here? I thought it was just going to happen. And so the past two weeks now, as obviously we're back here in the Super Bowl, I've tried to just kind of soak it all in because... This is not how I expected to feel. It's kind of what you were saying to open the show. It was like, I thought I'd have butterflies. I thought I would be super nervous, especially going, to, going up against the Patriots again, thinking, how are we going to take this team down? In 2004, it was the T.O. watch for two weeks. We're like, we need T.O. We're facing a dynasty. Everyone was talking about the Patriots becoming a dynasty. And we're like, oh, man, I really hope T.O. gets back. We're going to need T.O. to beat the Patriots. I don't feel that way this time around. I really feel like this this is the team. Like and yes, sir. I can't believe I'm this comfortable and this confident. But this team just has the feel of a champion. All they do is overcome every single obstacle that's thrown at them. They just overcome it all. And the best part about this is 2004 was like a climax. It was following 3 years of NFC championship frustration and that was the peak for that team. And that was their chance to really go and win it all. The best part about this is this feels like the beginning of something. Yes. That's another reason I wasn't expecting to feel this way is because this happened so fast, and it feels like this is just the beginning of a long, great era. Like, I think we're going to win this game. We're going to have Say a freaking chest. Lombardi trophy. <laughs> and then Nick Foles will have won this team a Super Bowl. Can you imagine what the next 10 to 15 years are going to be with Carson James Wentz leading the way at quarterback? Like, I like that. That's great. It's so like exciting that. to think about, and we're going to do this. This is the team. This is what an Eagles championship team looks like. It's here. It's in front of us. I've been taking these two weeks, just letting it all sink in, just enjoying every single second of this. Yeah, It comes around way too infrequently, especially in the city of Philadelphia. And that 2004 team, that was a team that was expected to win. When we signed Terrell Owens, when we signed Javon Kurz, when we were knocking on the doorstep three years in a row and had, had not been able to get over that hump, we now had the pieces in place to win the Super Bowl. We were the odds-on favorites going into it. In fact, most of the pundits agreed, and they were correct, that it would be Philadelphia versus New England. And they were absolutely 100% right. When you take a look at this team, not... So often, sports are not just about what you see on the TV and enjoying the game itself during the three hours or so on a Sunday in which you watch it. So much is enjoyed through the storylines told within the sport. And the fact that we didn't expect this team to get this far at this point. My personal prediction was 9-7 and seven going into the season. 
I expected Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz to kind of take that next step in the progression. I preach it all the time. You've heard it on these airwaves. Year one, you implement the system. Year two, you perfect the system. Year three, you make your run. Well, they're ma they made their run. And when Carson Wentz was healthy and this team was rolling, man, we had Super Bowl. We didn't want to say it, and then we started saying it with our chest, right? And then when Carson Wentz goes down, all hope is lost. But Nikki Foles comes in. That's why you take a look at this team, and it's so uniquely Philadelphia in the way it's reflected upon us in the city. It's a ragtag group of cast-offs, cast whether it be Chris Long from the Patriots last year, whether it be LeGarrette Blunt, who's been switching teams almost seamlessly every year, whether it be Alshon Jeffrey, who the Bears were like, nah, we're good, whether it be Malcolm Jenkins at a certain point where the Saints were like, nah, we're good, Corey Graham, Ronald Darby, who was traded, all these people contributing this is, these, this is an underdog story in the city that made the underdog story famous. Storyline-wise, you can't get any better than this. Not even with the opponent, the evil empire, the immovable force, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, the GOATs. Oh, David versus Goliath was a tale that will stand the test of time now and forever. And so will these 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. So let me ask you, Mr. Gail Saunders, when you take a look at this matchup in the Super Bowl, what do you see? Too fucking easy! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Straw well, Guy. At the end of the day, I, like, I really, uh, I firmly believe that, you know, Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks playing against pressure. And, uh, you know, we are the number one team bringing pressure. And the number two team that brings pressure was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. The one thing I do love, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they, their defensive linemen, they weren't that deep. Yeah. We, we are Talented, but not deep. Not deep. So they, they played about three quarters. Our defensive line plays about 60 minutes of pure fucking pressure. Mm -hmm. We bring the pressure all day. And I think that's where, you know, the, the whole thing on Tom Brady is getting that interior pressure up to A-gap. Look at the Super Bowls that they lost. That's where they got to Brady. They got got to Brady early. Got you know started seeing ghosts. Once you get Tom Brady seeing ghosts, you gotta you gotta gotta lay lay a hand on him. And the formula, like, listen, there is formulas for beating anybody. And we're gonna take your phone calls and just coming up in a minute. The number to call in is two one five five one five two nine two four. We certainly want to hear from you, your thoughts on the game, and how you're feeling as you approach the game. But there is a formula for beating anybody. Listen, I'll give you the formula for beating the Philadelphia Eagles. It is on, if you're the New England Patriots defense, you are trying to get Nick Foles off of his spot, and you are trying to eliminate the run game right. because that's what Philadelphia does best. When you take a look at some of the losses that the Eagles have had in week two against the Chiefs, the quarterback threw the ball 46 times. They gave up on the run. They just gave up on it because uh -huh. they fell behind. They had a couple turnovers. The Kansas City Chiefs defense, they didn't run run the ball in the teeth of, of, of that defensive line. So they abandoned the run, threw the ball 46 times. The tight end on offense had over 100 yards receiving. Gronk's going to be a big part of this game. Uh -huh. If you look at the way the, um, the New York Giants played the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. up there at MetLife, it was all about quick slants. 
rub plays, and then using those quick slams, those quick quick drops, Eli Manning getting the ball out of his hand to then in turn use for double moves yep. and bait Kendricks and bait Darby into some of these double moves. So if I'm the New England Patriots, I am trying to get my tight end involved as much as I possibly can. I am using uh, three-step drops, ball out of your hands in three seconds, slants, rubs, using those quick receivers to get the offense moving. If I'm, if, I'm, uh, if I'm the New England Patriots defense, I am trying to take away the Philadelphia Eagles run attack and then make them one-dimensional, getting them in their head, have Doug Peterson get over-aggressive and ask too much of his quarterback, and that'll win the game for the, for the New England Patriots. But to beat the Patriots, if you take a look at some of the Patriots' losses, Kansas City in week one had 185 rushing yards and won the time of possession. Gronkowski had 33 yards on two receptions. So they were able to take away Gronk and use the rushing attack yep. to not only put points on the board, but keep Brady on the fucking sidelines. Uh-huh. It's not that hard. Panthers week two, Carolina had 140 yards rushing against that Patriots defense. Gronk had 80 yards, but it was on four catches. It was only on four catches and kept them out of the end zone. Dolphins week 14, Miami had 120 war- rushing yards, Won the time of possession. Gronk did not play. Now he's going to play Sunday. You know, you know, even though he's not on media row or anything, you know, he'll play. That he'll guy, play. that play. guy could he'll be play. half brain dead. That guy could have a lobotomy, and he's still gonna, he's still gonna suit up. So that's how, that's how you beat this New England Patriots offense. You take away Gronk. You establish the running game. Tom Brady can't kill you when he's on the sidelines, and. Like, the defense, we, we can take a look at the Eagles and the Patriots. Offensively, they match up very well. Eagles, seventh-best offense. Patriots, number one-ranked offense as far as yards per game. Points per game offensively, 28.6. They're identical. Passing offense, the, uh, the Patriots have the edge. Rushing offense, the Eagles have the edge. But the big discrepancy is in that defense. You know, we're not talking about the Teddy Bruschi, Richard Seymour. No, this, yeah, this is not the same defense. This is not by, the same defense. Means. Patriots defense, 29th overall in yards per game. Pass defense, 30th. Rushing defense, 20th. The Tom Brady and Bill Belichick can't hurt you if their asses are sitting on the sideline. And one thing I think we really have to take advantage of their linebackers. Uh, their linebackers, that's their weak spot. And I think you're going to see a wrinkle, whether it be maybe Aguilar in the backfield, maybe as a running back or some kind of thing where they take advantage of their running backs in the flats. You know, mm. I think that's where they're – that's where you got to attack them or, or down the field. Because they, they, there was a – I think it was a football outsiders they did a report on – they try to look at some similarities in some of the, the tight games that they had, the Patriots. that It was like the, the Bucks and the other losses that you t- talked about. And running backs who had over five catches and like 60 yards, that, those are the games that they lost. Yeah. And, and they can be run on. And that's, at the end of the day, I feel like this this Philadelphia Eagles offense is the, one of the most versatile they've seen. We can run the ball. We can pass the ball. We, you know, and plus with these RPOs, these run-pass options lately, you know, I, I really feel like Alshon Jeffrey on the backside, on these slants, can really be effective. And at the end of the day, we still can run up the interior. Uh, and that's another thing. They're weak up the interior against the run as well. Yeah. So. When, when, the game, I mean, it's the most simplistic thing. It's the most cliche thing, but you'll never hear truer words spoken. 
the game is won in the trenches. It just is. And I don't see how you look at the New England Patriots and take a look at that offensive and defensive line and say how you compare to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles' offensive line is one of the top in the NFL. They are so underrated between Lane Johnson, Brooks, Kelsey is having yep. an unbelievable year. Vitae's doing the job. Wisniewski's doing the job. And defensive line, like you mentioned, uh, Gail, the Jaguars, they're talented, but they're not deep. Right. Why did the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl not once but twice? Why? Why, why, why? Put Brady on the ground. Because they could bring pressure with four people, and they could run the fucking ball. Hello? Hello? Does this not remind you of anybody? This is why it's a winnable game. Go ahead, Hollywood. No, no, no. I was, I was just going to answer your question, Andy Reid. That's who reminds me of. No. Andy Reid? I'm just not running the ball. Oh, yeah, exactly. You can't get away. You have to dedicate yourself to the run. And look, they're going to have to play a perfect game. They can't play their B game. They can't play their C game and expect to beat the New England Patriots. But so often I've heard that, especially on Good Morning Football, that you need a, a PhD to beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Mm-mm. That you need to be like cerebral. That you need to you know, have your master's degree, your PhD in order to beat them. They said the same thing about Chip Kelly, right? When he exactly. Was in. But all the Eagles need to do, yes, Gail, they'll add some wrinkles. Yes, they'll look at the matchups. The matchups are where the, the PhD is earned. Mm-hmm. But stay within yourself. Right. You're doing nothing wrong. Don't think, Eagles fans, that this team needs to come out and fool the New England Patriots because they don't. They just need to stay within themselves, stay within their own game, and just do the things that they do well and play mistake-free football. Mm-hmm. That is simply it. We are going to go to the phones right now. We've got Pukey on with Fourth and John. Pukey, how are you doing tonight? What's up, everybody? How you What's doing? Going on, We're man? going to Super Bowl, man. How you feeling? Fuck, fuck yeah! I'll be at Xfinity there watching it, and it'll probably be a once in a lifetime opportunity once they all run out on Broad Street to win the game. Oh, but yes, sir. I gotta, you know, basically the way to beat the Patriots and listen to what you guys are saying, and I'll bring this up in my video when I make it tonight, maybe tomorrow. You beat the Patriots by um, sacking and hitting and pressuring and blitzing Tom Brady, and him being 40 years old and up at their age the way he is now, once that starts happening, and I'm confident that this Eagles defense can do that, let's see how that 40-year-old body of his, which is not, you know, the 30-year-old body of his, let's see how that holds up. And let's see if that affects his game going down the stretch. Oh, absolutely. And that, that, that's what makes me think talking about storylines and everything that's going up leading up to this Super Bowl, the storylines inside the storylines. Again, the New England Patriots weren't called a dynasty until they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. They've been called a dynasty ever since. They, <laughs> they won two Super Bowls prior to that. You don't look, you don't look at the, uh, the Denver Broncos of the late 90s and say that was a dynasty. You know what I mean? Two two Super Bowls does not make you a dynasty. Three, we gave them the third. Payback is a bitch, and I can't wait to fucking stomp old man Brady out. And maybe there is something to these rumors about the conflict between Kraft 
and Brady and Belichick. And wouldn't it be great if a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles exposes all that and all these fucking Patriots fans that have grown up in just a culture of winning when prior to that they were nothing more than bathing in a culture of losing. They were worse than <laughs> Vikings fans and the fact that they whined that they never won anything. They made a fucking movie about it with the, what, what was it, with the seats, with the Boston, um, fucking Jimmy Fallon was in a movie with Drew Barrymore about how they never won. Fever, I'm telling you. Fever pitch. And then all of a sudden, the entire city goes on the tear. And there's these snot-nosed fucking kids in high school have been in more parades or seen more parades than I ever will in my lifetime. Uh, we're, yeah, yeah. we're able to end that. Yeah, dude. To stomp on their necks. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Connecticut. And that is that is that is that is New England Patriot country. Mm-hmm. But when I was there, when I was a kid, there was no Patriot fans. Um, my mom, who had no idea about football, came home when I was like five years old and had a New England Patriot jacket and tried to put it on. My dad was like, "What are you doing? Take that back, <laughs> yeah. woman! It's going back to the store." <laughs> but uh, there was only Cowboy fans and there was only Giants fans. There was barely any Patriots fans. And now you go back, it's Patriot country. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's kind of fraud, fraud fan base. Did you did you see that they dressed up the Rocky statue? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Didn't the Vikings do that two yeah, weeks that, ago? Thank you, thank you so much. Extra motivation. Yeah, it, 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 did saying. they honestly and truly think that that was going to be a troll job by them, as if they were original enough to fucking dress up the Rocky statue? As soon Who as the I, fuck is this asshole? As soon as I saw that that jersey sitting on top of Rocky, I was like, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Boston fans. Because now you just jinxed yourself. You just fucking jinxed yourself. We're going to keep going with the phone calls. We're going to go to Blake Gibson from Seattle. How are you, my friend? Gentlemen, I am a fan Fucking fantastic. Mrs. Gibson, Tara, and myself are on cloud fucking nine, boys. Yes, Cloud sir. fucking 10, 11. Turn that bitch up as loud as it can go. That's how we're doing. I love it. I, I, I love the passion that you guys have all the way out in Seattle. What are they saying out there? Because you're in Seahawks country, and obviously they got to be a little bit uh-huh. disappointed that they didn't even make the playoffs. But taking literally an objective look from across the country, out there in the Pacific Northwest, what are Seattle Seahawks fans, or better yet, Seattle Seahawks like sports media saying about this matchup in the Super Bowl? Well, it's not so much what they're saying. I'll tell you what they're not saying. They're barely giving the Super Bowl any coverage whatsoever. They're already marking it off. They're, they have their noses waved up. They're already talking about shitty baseball because they got because their team's garbage. What? They aren't honestly aren't saying a fucking word, and it is hilarious. Oh, I love it! I love it. Now, M- Mr. Gibson, rumor has it mm-hmm. that you will be coming to Philadelphia for said Super Bowl Ooh. Ooh. with Miss Tara Gibson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this true? <laughs> uh, the rumor is, in fact. Wow. We are coming. We're flying out Friday morning. We will be touching down in Philadelphia, PA, approximately 3.30 Eastern time. I love it. I'm so excited. Now, let me ask you a question. When do you plan on taking off to go Mm. back home? We leave Wednesday at uh, 
five. That, that is a good time. It is. I, I, I got a feeling like you know? Wednesday is going to be a good day. You might uh, you might miss your Tuesday flight. Tuesday might be a good day. Wednesday might be a good day. Wednesday might you be know? a good day. You might uh, want to take off the whole week. Now, <laughs> now traditionally, uh, after the Super Bowl, the Tuesday after the Super Bowl is usually a good day for somebody. Mm-hmm. But our friends over at Crossing Broad mm-hmm. reported that, according to sources, that Wednesday might be a good day. I can neither confirm nor we deny these reports. But... Uh, yeah, it's, I'm glad you're sticking around for a couple of days. Glad you're sticking around. It takes two days to and party. And if we had to, we'd stick around for a couple more, boys. You know how we do it. We Absolutely. keep it straight. We keep it real. Let's get this fucking Super Bowl. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! fucking Super Bowl, motherfucker? That was our good friend, uh, Gonzo and Tara. Yeah, Gonzo and Tara out there in Seattle. I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I saw them out in L.A. when we went and uh, partied. Me and Gail went out and partied in L.A. And they travel well. Yes, they do. Yes, they They do. They travel well. And they're good people. Good peeps. Good people. Love those guys. Speaking of people that we love, up next is Piccolo out there in Los Angeles, my friend. How are you? How's it going, brother? I'm still holding in this energy that I have had for the past week and a half. Gentlemen, yes. we are in the fucking Super Bowl. Yes, we are, my friend. Yes, we are. Another West Coaster out there in L.A. Now, let me ask you, just like I asked Tara and Gonzo, what are the, uh, I don't even know if sports media exists out there in fucking L.A., but what are they saying about this Boston-Philadelphia Super Bowl? How do they see it shaking out? Well, one thing that I do listen to is 710 ESPN, which is our L.A. uh, sports channel. And they're not even really considering us. And I think one of the main reasons is that they start talking about Todd Gurley being the MVP. And I'm like, do you not know that the Super Bowl is going on right now? So you you can just tell that L.A. feels some type of way. However, there is a bird's nest that rests in L.A. And let me tell you. Amongst that nest, it's electric, man. Seriously. Seriously. For, for uh, Now, you're going to be out there in L.A. for the Super Bowl. So anybody listening on the West Coast in that area, where can they gather? Where are you gathering the flock to watch the Super Bowl and watch your Eagles raise their first Lombardi trophy? Okay. So for those who are interested in the L.A. area, we will be at the Greyhound in Highland Park. Now, this is how it goes. They're charging $20 to cover. And last time for the conference championship, we failed to capacity within 30 minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. if you guys are interested, feel free to hit me up on, on Twitter at IamPiclo. We'll try to do our best to accommodate everybody. Um, if you do get a wristband to get in, they're giving you a, a complimentary appetizer as well. So, yeah. Nice. Love it. <laughs> hey, Love it. hey, Piccolo, uh, tell everybody where they can get your album. I know yes, you dropped sir. that hot-ass album, bro. fire. Uh, oh, man, I appreciate it, man. You can get my album, Bacon, Eggs, and Grits, The Gary Stoneman Story. It's on all um, digital media outlets, you know, the Twitter, title. I mean, uh, title, Google Play, uh, iTunes, everywhere. And, uh, just real quick, man, this mm-hmm. album has reached 19 countries, y'all. So awesome. it's kind of crazy how Congratulations, life works, man. man. So 
I see yeah, you, Piccolo. Yeah, sure, I man. see you. Thanks for checking in, my friend. By the way, we have all heard the, uh, not so much the rumors, it was kind of echoed by the mayor of Minneapolis who, who had this to say about Eagles fans traveling over to Minnesota. Um, Are we seriously welcoming the <laughs> Eagles fans? By the way, I, I, I can appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well done, Mayor. You know what I mean? Breaking some balls. Yeah, breaking some balls. You know, I like that. Kind of addressing the, the situation in a silly manner. We have all heard the rumors about uh, Vikings fans holding up signs or posting up signs. Like, Eagles fans, you can come in here and have beers thrown at you as well. We've all heard the rumors about Vikings fans signing up for Uber to drop them off at the wrong location. We have heard about how Vikings fans would not be welcoming Eagles fans, or even the Eagles team, like in the case of Chris Maragos, for reservations. But our good friend, Tony Bruno, somehow locked down a location in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl, an official Eagles watch party in salty, salty, salty enemy territory. So if you're out there in Minneapolis and you do not have a ticket for the Super Bowl, but you want to party with your brethren, Please look up uh, Tony Bruno's Twitter account. He will kindly point you to the official Eagles, uh, his official Eagles watch party out there in Minneapolis. So good job, Tony Bruno. And he's at the uh, Tony Bruno show on Twitter, at Tony Bruno show. Absolutely. We're going to keep the phone calls rolling with Cameron from Tampa. You are on with 4th and John. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm on the air. Holy crap. Um, yeah, yeah, you are you are on the air, my friend. Welcome to Fourth and John. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm I'm doing I'm doing great. You know, I don't I am uh I telling whoever answered the phone to put me through, um, telling them that I'm I'm from Tampa. I'm not an Eagles fan, unfortunately. I'm I'm a local, I'm a Bucks fan. Okay. But I watch and I listen to you guys every not every week because I I work a lot, but I do watch and I listen to you guys, and I really have the utmost. Yes, I have. I do. I love to listen to other fans' podcasts or other teams' podcasts about other teams, just to learn a little thing. But I particularly listen to you guys because you guys remind me of my crew back at home. Well, that's nice. That's you awesome. guys are Appreciate true, that, bro. You guys are true to the blue. No bullshit. You know, say what's on your mind. You don't give a shit who's listening. You're you're true, and you just you just express the passion for your birds, and I absolutely just I I, I, I admire it. I well, love it. Well, that well that Thanks, that Kim. thank you for That's that. Awesome. You know, we appreciate that. We always love hearing feedback from our our Eagles fans, brothers and sisters from coast to coast, and even internationally. And trust me, I do appreciate the kind words coming from. You know, a fan of a different team in the NFC down there in Tampa. Now, let me ask you the same question that I've been asking my friends from Seattle and my friends from Los Angeles. You're down there. Of course, there's got to be like Tampa Sports Radio, right? How are they seeing this matchup between the Eagles and the Patriots? Do they see that the Eagles have a chance? Go ahead. Uh, Well, I I don't listen to a lot of the local... uh, local radios around here because well mostly they're they don't they repeat the same things uh sure they've <laughs> talked about the super bowl i'm pretty sure but I, I mostly just listen to a lot of outside uh sources as far as sports goes but i will tell you this um there is a huge 
uh, probably not surprising to you guys. There's a huge following of most of the teams from the north, uh, from the north northern region of the country down here. Transplants. Uh, yeah. And I just have to say, I, I work at a I work at a grocery store. It's called uh, Publix. I'm not sure if you yeah, guys I've, I've, I've heard, heard of it down there. Yeah, I've heard of it down there. Nice plug. Uh, I have ran into a lot of people wearing Patriot stuff and a lot of people wearing Eagle stuff in the last mm, week and a half almost. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, that the people I run into uh, that are wearing Patriot stuff, they don't know their Teddy Brewskis. They don't know their Dion Branches, mm-hmm. their Rodney Harrisons. The people I run into wearing their Philadelphia stuff, they know the Ron Jaworskis, the Harold yes, Carmichael, uh, the Reggie yes. White, the Vince Papali. Yes. Mm-hmm. The history. I love it. Thank they don't, they th- don't, they... You there? All right. Sorry. Sorry. Gotta... Oh, oh, <laughs> you're, you're, bre- you're, bre- you're breaking up. I'm sorry. But, th- but thank you so much for calling in. And you know what? That is an excellent point. Because as I said that this Patriots dynasty kicked off in like 2001 or whatever, this was a city of losers. This was a city of bums. This was a city that you could almost relate to Philadelphia and the fact that they hadn't won Ugats yeah. until the Patriots started coming around and then all of a sudden the Bruins started winning and the Red Sox started winning and the Celtics started winning. This, that city's history, sports history, didn't start with Bobby fucking Orr. Mm-hmm. It started with Tom Brady when he won that first Super Bowl. They don't know anything prior to that. Maybe that maybe they're Red Sox, right? Because they're a big baseball town up there. But as far as football, the Eagles fans are the ones who know their history and who have been taught their history since they were in diapers. Mm-hmm. That's the way Eagles fans roll. And I'm glad, sir. Thank you so much for calling in. I'm glad you picked up on that. If you can't name Steve Grogan, if you don't know who Tony Eason is, if you don't know Bruce Armstrong, if you don't know Eugene Chung, one of our coaches for the Eagles, mm-hmm. was actually... Uh, one of their linemen, you know, and I'm an Eagle fan. And I know all your fucking history, so, you know, it's kind of fraudulent. It is fraudulent. But what would you expect from Boston? Next yeah. up on the line is our boy Puga. Puga, how you doing, buddy? Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Super Bowl week. I, you, you guys got me so hyped. Yes, you, sa- you sound a lot, game bro. On you Sunday, sound a lot. Guys. I, <clears throat> I, I just, you know, I waited so long just to – you know, we've all been waiting. We've all suffered. It's our time now, guys. It is our time to hold that trophy up high. And it's just time to just rage and just party all fucking night long come Sunday night. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Are you making that trip up, though? Well, I'm going <laughs> I'm to do my best to get up there. But, but best believe, if there's a parade on Tuesday or Wednesday, my ass is on the first flight out Monday morning. Tuesday and Wednesday, might, Tuesday and Wednesday might be a good day. Yeah. Might be a good day. Now, let me ask you something, Puga, being the ladies' man that you are. Mm. After the Eagles get done spanking the ass of the New England Patriots, are you going to be getting any ass of anybody as a celebration? <laughs> oh, mercy. Dude, I, I, I already got my game plan lined up. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, and three, ready to roll, man. You know how it is. He's going to get someone pregnant. Look out in November, bro. Look out in November. Baby Puga. I'm not think, I don't know, think the world's ready for baby Puga yet. Carson Puga. <laughs> oh, oh, no, oh, it's got a nice yeah. ring to it. Let me, it, right? it does. You know, now, I know you guys are talking to, you know, you guys talk to, 
to Gonzo and, and Piccolo, but let me tell you, my, my report, can I give you guys my report from Texas just real quick? Before sure. I no, you no, no, no. You, you read my mind because that's what I was going to ask you. We got the scouting report from Seattle, Los Angeles, even Tampa. Give us that scouting report on what they're saying down there in Texas. Well, believe it or not, there's, I've never seen Cowboys fans so conflicted in their entire life because I've run into, I'll be at the mall walking my Eagle stuff and a, a Cowboy fan will come up to me and be like, you know what? It's t- some, some Cowboy fans want us to win, but then I've also met mainly because of the fact that they don't want the Patriots to win another Super Bowl to have more than them. They, they that kind of, that's kind of weird. They, they, but then there's some Cowboy fans that are in an awkward situation where like, I hate the fucking Patriots and I hate the fucking Eagles too. And I don't know what to do. Like, I, like <laughs> they, they have no idea what's going on. I've never seen them in such an awkward situation in my life and I absolutely fucking love it because they're 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 suffering and seeing Cowboys fans makes me suffering makes me so happy but and yeah hey, that's that's pretty much what it is down here and hey so, Pook, this is you know, Cr- they're conflicted Pooka shut up for a second <laughs> this is Chris here by the way and uh, you know about your plans for after the game my advice to you hey if you're going to make a super bowl baby make it after the game because I was listening to the radio this morning and there's a poor guy whose wife is due on Sunday now what is he oh, going to do oh no Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, put her in the bathroom. Oh uh, wow! What 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 what, what yeah. would you what would you do there? I don't I don't. Uh, wow! I mean, I got two kids of my own. I'm trying to judge. Uh, How my... many Super Bowls do you have, though? Yeah, yeah. You know what? That, <laughs> that is a great answer, Hollywood Heard. That saying. is a great answer. Listen, no. you can always make another baby, right? You know what I mean? I mean, you put that's a, on you, demand. You put yeah. a, yeah. a little bit. You put a flat screen on her forehead and you tell her to push. <laughs> Honestly, I think Jackie would be like, hey, listen, he's going to have one eye on me, one eye on the game. And then, and then no, you know what she's going to be saying for the next year? You get <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to Justin from Michigan, who is going to the game. Justin, you are on with Fourth and John. Going to the game. How are your preparations getting ready to go into the Vikings' home and celebrate an Eagles championship? Oh. Oh, I'm so pumped. It's not even funny. Like, I'm hearing all this chatter from everybody because they're I'm around Michigan grads all the time. They're like, oh, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. So I'm already fired up. I've been hearing it since last Sunday. I can't wait to scream fly Eagles fly in that stadium and do the fullest chant in front of in the Viking Stadium in their own house and finish business. Let's go, birds. Fly. Go, fly. Hey, hey, Justin, where are your seats at, by the way? I got to know this. I'm right by the Eagles, right where the Eagles are coming in. Dear Lord, what a spot. And and, and if you you don't have to say it, if you you don't want to, but if you you don't mind me asking, how much of those bad boys set you back? Uh, I honestly have no clue, but it was actually a surprise from my family. So good, good job, oh, good job by your family awesome. sending you up, setting you up for the Super Bowl, a lifetime opportunity. Listen, Justin, before we let you go, I'm going to give you one piece of advice there, okay? Because these Vikings, okay. fan, these Vikings fans, you know that they're a little soft, right? You, yeah, I know they're very soft. You, you, you know they're a little salty, right? Very. So, while you're in there, don't gloat, don't brag, don't rub it in the face of the vi- You know what, fuck it, go, do it, go nuts, do whatever you want, baby, because they, cause they got every ounce of that coming. I want you to run naked. Uh, yeah, buddy. What? 
<laughs> I uh, I showed one of my I showed your video, the attention Viking fan video, to one of my friends. Yeah, who lives in Minnesota? Yeah, he said that is totally accurate. Oh, awesome, awesome! I love it. Thanks so much. I actually, uh, I, I, I took that video down. What on Facebook? Here's what. You, here's what you got to understand. Like, first of all, I have to reevaluate everything that I've done on social media because my home base since 2008 has always been YouTube, and I've measured my success on the number of views that I've gotten on YouTube. That video got 7,800 7, views on said YouTube. Guess how many it had on the Eagles tailgate team Facebook page? It had a ton, One, dude. Yeah. 1.3 million. 1.3 million. I was public enemy number one in Minnesota. I can't tell you Fuck how many DMs I got of people like threatening my life, looking up my fucking my personal Facebook profile, oh my telling me I hope you raise your kids better than that. I had the National Association Minnesota chapter of hockey moms breathing down my neck so fucking hard. Now, now it's yeah, now it's still on YouTube. Fuck you, it Eric. is still on Twitter. But I got to the point where I was like 1.3 million views. I feel like my job job here is done uh i'm gonna go ahead and take it down and just alleviate some of this fucking stress that these minnesotans oh they were salty you you think you see salty on social media you have no idea until they start associating your face because you can't see the beer throwers yeah you can't see the beer grenade brigade brigade you can't see the people chucking beers at uh, at the bus. You yes, can't. You, nec- you can't necessarily see everybody that's flipping off every Vikings fan or every misleading, untruthful bullshit story about Eagles fans holding somebody down to urinate on them or screaming into a baby's face. But somehow, my face became the fucking face of every beer thrower in Philadelphia. And I just had to say, all right, en- enough is enough. Enough is enough. We are going to go to Armando from Miami. I have trouble seeing the screen, so I hope I got that right. Armando, how you doing? You're on 4th and John. How am I doing? We're 120 hours on racing the goddamn Vince Lombardi. Caliente! Pitbull likes, baby, down there in Minnesota or, or Miami, dude. Now, now how, did, how did you become... Don't insult me. I know it. How did you become an Eagles fan down there in Miami? Like I told you, call screener. Brian Dawkins, Brian Westbrook, period. That was it. Became an Eagles fan. That's amazing. Love those guys. That's how started everything. Awesome, awesome. Now, I'm, uh, I'm going to ask you the same question that I've been asking people from Seattle, from Los Angeles, from Tampa, from fucking Texas. I'm assuming there's like, I know it's not a big sports market, but I'm assuming there's like sports talk radio down there in Miami, yes? No, I'm not. It's actually pretty big. Obviously, uh, most of the Dolphin fans down here are dying for the Patriots to lose. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of callers have alluded to it. You know, they bought into the media narrative, all oh, the Eagles fans are jerks, et cetera. But a lot of people down here, after seeing what the Eagles did to the Vikings, are realizing, shit, this team is pretty damn good. So a lot of people are picking, obviously, the Patriots because everybody thinks they'll be close to the end and the Patriots will sneak it by the end. But I'm telling you, even objectively, we got the better row line, the better D line. My only concern, like you mentioned earlier in the beginning, was the tight end position. Because Kansas City, it was over and over and over again at Kelsey, right? Yes. I, you know, with two weeks separation, you know Belichick has dissected every 
everything of our team. So that's my concern, but I just think we're better. I just think overall, if you look at both teams, we are better. And that's why Vegas, even with a backup quarterback, has us only a four-point dog against Brady and the godly Patriots. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's down to four? Really? I didn't know that. I'm not, well, this I'm, morning, they said it was down to four. Oh, awesome. Th- thank, you for, thank you for calling in from Miami, man. We appreciate your support down there for the 4th and John podcast and, of course, your Eagles. You know, it, it's an interesting discussion because I've heard this time and time again as I sort of get a little taste from across the country, right? And a lot of these sports markets out there think of this Eagles-Patriots matchup as the lesser of two evils. Because in one respect, you give Tom Brady and the evil empire their sixth ring and further cement their legacy as one of the top teams in the NFL's history, let alone all of fucking all sports. sports. I mean, they win their sixth. How could you deny it? But by the other, And then the other hand, you have... Ooh, those Eagles fans. Surprise, surprise, baby! They, they are intolerable <laughs> as it is. Imagine an Eagles fan base... With a Vince Lombardi trophy to back up all that talk. It's your worst nightmare. Oh, it is you the worst. You can't n- handle the you truth. You can't use that fucking cheat. You can't use those cheesy jokes when you go to work. Nah. It's not going to work. Nah, that's it's why like, last week it changes everything. I said like last walking week. Walking in with a bulletproof vest. You're like, what, what else you got? Yeah. And certainly the Cowboys fans and the Giants fans and the Redskins fans will then turn the argument to, you ain't got no Lombardis, to, well, we've got the three, we got five, we've got four. How many got this millennium? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? You get to turn to them and say, bitch, when's the last time you won one? That's all you got to say. That's all you have got to say. (laughs) The Cowboys have not won since the mid-90s, the Redskins, the early 90s, and of course you got the New York Giants who have beat the Patriots twice. But imagine what a blowout would look like. Like to just end it, to just Mm -hmm. fucking end the dynasty. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That would be the coffin. That would be the nail in the coffin of the dynasty right there. Like Next year, the Patriots don't open up as Super Bowl favorites. If the Eagles just ice them out and just fucking step on their throat... They're just another team. It'd actually. be the end of a That's fucking the, era. It would be the end of an era. It'd be the end, the beginning of the end of the Brady Belichick era, and the start of the Carson Wentz Doug Peterson era. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, this Eagles team is right where, where, where they need to be. I mean, we're the underdogs. No one thinks we can win. I mean, this is where we, as a fan base, want our. We've seen our team play as underdogs. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it. Dan, our good friend, I think you made the video, E, with uh, Cop Pizzle saying that it's not going to be the same once the Eagles bring bring that Lombardi trophy. They're he terrified. They, they are, are they, absolutely terrified They are making it. videos. Again, my, my, my base was always, you know, YouTube, so I've made a lot of connections. Friends, frenemies, if you will, on, on YouTube with Giants fans and Cowboys fans and the the Redskins fans can go fuck themselves. But, uh, you know, guys like Bad Dog out there who, who honestly is fucking terrified that we're going to win a ring. Like, first of all, they had the worst season that they have ever had on record. This is the worst mm-hmm. season for a Giants fan. Mm-hmm. He just hired Pat Shermer. So the future, let me tell you something, Giants fans, ain't too fucking bright for you either. And now all of a sudden you got the Eagles winning a Super Bowl. Oh, my God. What are you going to do? I thought Cop Pizzle was going to cry in his YouTube video. Oh, yeah. No, no they're, they're, they're not going to cry yet. Once they want to oh, win. Oh, they, 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 uh-huh. they will be crying. Uh-huh. And in fact, I got into it with a, with a New England Patriots fan, and I, you know, I, I took those videos down. 
I took those videos down because he was admittedly a troll and, uh, you know, trying to make Eagles fans dance, make them take the cheese, goat them into an argument. Mm -hmm. Why would I give him that satisfaction? I much rather dance on Broad Street after the Eagles win and then, hey, now you're making us dance. Look at us dance now. We've got our boy in studio. He's a caller in the fourth and John, but he's here in studio. Joe, how you doing, bud? Uh, nothing bad. Nothing bad. Nothing I, bad. <laughs> nothing bad. I am hyped for this fucking game, and I'm fucking nervous as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you been getting sleep, butterflies? Uh, I got sleep, but it's just trying not to think about it. <laughs> Over, like, during work and this, I'm like, stop. <laughs> I just want this game to fucking come. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting 13 fucking years. Philly has been waiting for, what, 57? Who? Philly. Philly, Philly. Philly. yeah. Uh, yeah. 50 you know, since 1960. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Who the fuck's it, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fucking time to end the Lombardi curse once and for mouth Joe coming in my man I'm, I, I I apologize Tom. it's the first time you're in Tom. uh Tommy yes Tom <gasps> from South Philly correct uh, out the Delco. Out in Delco. Oh, we love those Delco. Oh, uh, this is gonna be good. Oh, uh, we love the we love the Delco day drinkers, baby. They are they are the party animals of Philadelphia. How are you feeling about this game? My team is in the last game of the season. Yeah. I've been. I, I talk to my father every day, but it's a different conversation when your team's in the last game of the season. Amazing. You walk around town. I've literally head to toes. I've been in nothing but Eagles gear, which I usually am. But I mean, like head to toe. For two months now, yeah, you can. The wave started. You can ride the wave. You can feel it. You feel it in your bones. There's something different about this team. There's yes, something sir. different about this season, and the opportunity to take it all is right there. All they have to do is show up and do what they've been doing all year long, and you're you're Super Bowl champs. Just one, baby. I mean, it's it's hard to explain to non-Eagle fans, like, but if you're a diehard Eagle fan, you could look another Eagle fan. In the eye, and you can—you don't even have no. to say shit. You no. just—you can feel it, dude. It's oozing out of your—I uh, yeah. don't—it's your aura. Yeah, like I can see it. Yeah, just the, when you guys are saying, I'm sitting in the background, like, oh, I'm getting chills just listening to you guys yeah. talk. I—I I felt, I felt compelled to come in here. I needed to be here. Well, that I, is awesome. We appreciate the support, brother. I, dude, I took I took two weeks off from work. Like, <laughs> I, I might not go back to a job. I don't care. No, life will be life will be complete. Life, li life will be complete after uh, after Absolutely. the task is done. All we need is one, baby. And it just <sighs> reminds you of how tough of a journey. Because I th I think Eagles fan uh, the Eagles fan problems was saying that um, this this season feels like um, three years worth, right? It does, but it, yeah, it's felt like it's been about you know a good solid three years. I mean, in a way, it feels like the opener was yesterday, but the seasons—it's been such a joyride. And I think the reason it feels so long—it's been so long since we've actually played this long into a season. Usually, mm -hmm. the past couple of years, we've been done by New Year's. Mm -hmm. We're playing here in February. Yeah, and it's weird. It's just going to be the biggest monkey off of our backs, like year after year. Since the time I was a small kid, I've had to hear from all my friends, you don't have any rings, you haven't won anything, you, you know, the Eagles this, Eagles that, McNabb puking in the Super Bowl, all this stuff. It all ends. All the heartbreak, all the losses, all the almost 
victory, all the almost championships, the all the heartbreak, the dream team, the Chip Kelly era, all this stuff, it all goes away. That, Just one. That's Just one. that's why it means more to Eagles fans than it will any other NFL team. Because you can point at the Cleveland Browns, you can point at the Detroit Lions, you can point at other teams that have not won a Super Bowl. They have not been tortured in the respect that Eagles fans have been. You want to know why we're so pissed off? Why we're so fucking angry? Why we're so on edge? Why we're so brutal? Why we boo? Why we throw things? (laughs) It's because we have not, we've been so close and so disappointed. We are a city literally surrounded by Super Bowls. New York, fuck, the Jets even got one. It's like 57 years of like foreplay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to it. It. <laughs> my 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 uh my dude Cody Carson who who uh who's in a band called Set It Off. I was on his tour bus on Saturday. He he was playing a concert in Reading, PA. He's just like, "You know what? The the Eagles have been like bad sex. Like it's been enjoyable, but you just haven't been able to finish." You know what I mean? All these years, it's just like bad sex. Do you want to have it? Sure, you're still going to take it. Yeah. But it's but it's you never finish, you never complete. All we need is that one complete, right, Puga? All we need is that one, baby. All we need is finish that one. Dude, shout out to my boy Cody Carson as well. Dude. It's funny we were when me and you were talking. I was just asking him like, as a man, do you think you'll change with a Eagles W as a person? Yeah, I, I think I'll be a more patient person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be laying on the horn when the light turns green, just because there won't be that pent up anger with inside. You know what I mean? It's just this tension, like you've been saying, like we've been doing foreplay for for forty, fifty years now. We just were. You, you're just on fucking edge. We're ready to explode. I'm we've ready got, to jump out of my skin over here. We, we, and once that happens, we've got the ultimate football blue balls. We do. Yeah. We got. We got NFL blue balls. They're not over deflated. Here. Yeah. They're full as fuck. Yes, baby. <laughs> We're just waiting. We're just waiting to unleash that load, baby. You know, it's absolutely going to be change. I feel who we are as fans if they win yes. it all. I mean, even like I I go back to 2008 with the Phillies. Like I've watched obviously every single Phillies baseball season since they've won the championship. You know, and when they lose regular season game, when they, even when they lose in the postseason, you know, do I get mad? Sure, but you know what I always say. You know what? We got a ring. Yeah, we got a championship. Yeah. 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 If the Eagles just multiply that by 10 because of all the frustration that we've been through, it's absolutely going to change me as a sports fan for good if we win this. I think it'll change everybody, but it'll change the the entire culture of this fan base as well. Twitter will be a real happy place, I think so. No more no rings bullshit. We could say we got one ring and it's right here in my middle finger. That's what I'll be doing a lot on Twitter if we win. That'll be the day that hell freezes over when Eagles Twitter is completely getting along. There are no arguments. There's nobody blocking each other. We're all just singing co- fucking kumbaya on the timeline. It'll be amazing. It's, it's, it's funny because as Eagle fans, like you focus on like the most dumbest shit. When you think about these championship games, you think about, I could say, Joe Jarevicius, and you get this feeling. I, I could say fucking Rondé Barber, and you get uh, emotional. Ricky Manning Jr. You know what I'm saying? We These are the things that we fucking think about. Fuck you, Ricky. <laughs> and... and you know, being in my 40s now, like, I'm like, yo, you know, I've spent my whole life as a fan, being a diehard fan, thinking about this moment. And now being Sundays, five days away, and the thought of, like, <sighs> feeling that, dude, mm. 
Oh, God. Damn. And the fucking, my birthday is on the fucking yep. Super Bowl. Yep. Oh. If there, if there is any other sign that this is fucking meant for, like, for me personally, this I'm like, it. this is fucking this it. This is it. This is fucking it. That's, that's, that's full circle. Gail Saunders. And we had a discussion in yeah. the parking lot after last week's show. And it's kind of an interesting thing, and I want everybody around the table to kind of comment on it, because we have lived our lives as Eagles fan with, with the torment and the depression at times and the disappointment of getting close but never finishing the job. We have lived, myself for 36 years, chasing a championship. If they win said Super Bowl, now what? <laughs> like, like, like... like like now what? Like I can't imagine waking up in the morning and 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 like, now what? Yeah. Do, like what happens now? Yeah. Does anybody ever think about that? No, I th- I think about it all the time. Yeah. It's, it's it's not the same, but it's similar to like graduating. You know what I mean? Like you're you're working all all this. All we want to do is get there, get there, get there. And once we're there, we come out and we're like, well, where the fuck do I do now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> here, I got I got this ring, I got this diploma, and now what the fuck am I supposed to do with it? Yeah. You you, you wait. This is why I can't. Go ahead. Go I, th- ahead. I think it'll be different, though. I think that once training camp comes back around, we're going to get that same passion juicing up again, and we're going to be wanting another one. Yeah, obviously, but it's, but it's like the first one will be the most special for sure. Oh well, you never forget your first leg. Of course, you never forget <laughs> your first leg. I mean, I've thought so much about how am I going to react when it finally happens. Like as the clock strikes zero, and you know we're we're in victory formation. I thought, you know, am I going to break down in tears of joy? Am I going to run outside and scream at the top of my lungs? Am I going to run naked through the streets? Like, how, how am I going to emotionally react? I mean, I, you know, I can't wait to find that out. But going forward, you know what? I honestly think, like, we win this Sunday. I think what's next you know, we got an MVP quarterback coming back. You know, it's going to be great going here and doing this now and doing this with Nick Foles and, you know, this whole underdog run. But we're going to want to get one for Carson now. I mean, obviously Carson's going to get a ring if we win this game. But we want to do it with Carson. I think that's going to be what's next. I think we're going to really look forward to that. I'm not sure you guys saw it, but did you guys see that rap sheet uh, video on his Twitter at all today saying that he was very, like, he interviewed Carson Wentz at the media day yesterday. He said he's very emotional. He's, like, torn. He's really happy for Nick Foles. At the same time, he's disappointed that he's not the starting quarterback because he was, like, Raised in Minnesota, he was saying his family took him games in Minnesota. He was hoping to, like, be in the Super Bowl in Minnesota, being the starting quarterback, trying to win it all. And he was just, like, emotionally torn. It's, like, happy for his team and everything. At the same time, he just wishes he was that starting quarterback. I mean, I'm like, man, I could really feel for him. If you think about that quote that he said to uh, Fletcher Cox before the end of the season, at the end of the game, he said, Fletcher, next year next we year. go. We go. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's why that was echoed in media day because you heard it not from one, not from two, but multiple players. Like, look, we're here to we're enjoying the moment, but we're not here to fucking make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We're here to win this yeah. son of a bitch. Uh, Trox, you're, if the Eagles were to win, what would be your reaction? Uh, you know, you know, it's just it's hard to explain. It's like the, um, the rush is just going to start at my head with an explosion and it's just gonna you, you know when you're in midsummer and you take that first sip of that cold Gatorade and you feel that bitch go all the way down yeah, to your belly yeah, yeah. like that type of feeling I'm just that nervousness and release that mm-hmm. we're fucking champions we got it we got that trophy 
And what would make it so perfect, if we're up by two scores eight minutes to go and we get another turnover and you start seeing that smug look on Belichick's face. That stupid butt chin that Tom Brady (laughs) was sitting on the bench staring looking angry because across the field, we're going to be doing the electric slide. We're going to be dancing. We're going to be celebrating because these Eagles are going to be Super Bowl champions. I love it. I love it. It's electric. Hey, listen, I, with two scores with eight minutes left, turnover and no turnover, I would not be dancing yet. Hell I mean, no. there, there, there is it's no Tom lead. Brady. There is no lead that is safe with these New England Patriots. No. You got to you see double zero on the clock. Mm-hmm. You've got to go look at the clock again, rub your eyes, and then look at the clock again and make sure that confetti's green before you fucking celebrate. If you leave half a second, Tom Brady will score 27 points. <laughs> like, yeah. like, somehow, some way, he's going to get it done. But you talked about, you know, kind of breaking down in tears. And I, and I, and I know a, a, a lot of Eagles fans will certainly be emotional. Mm-hmm. I will as well. But here's how deep the emotions run for at least my family, right? Um, the Patriots, every year it switches NFC, AFC to who is, quote, unquote, the home team, mm-hmm. Right. So the Patriots kind of have everything with this Super Bowl has got to run through the Patriots. So in other words, they said they're bringing 12 cheerleaders. The Philadelphia Eagles can only bring 12 cheerleaders. The New England Patriots set up the menu, so on and so forth. They kind of set the table for what the Philadelphia, because everything's equal, but the New England Patriots this year get to decide what's going to happen. The New England Patriots have a drum line. They were not bringing out their drum line. So the Philadelphia Eagles drum line, which my father is a member of, was kind of like, all right, you guys are staying home. The NFL reversed the, uh, the decision and said, listen, if you guys can afford to bring yourselves out there and travel to Minnesota, drum equipment and all, you can do the parking lots, you can do the pregame festivities, you can do the television appearances, whatever you want. So two dozen of the Philadelphia Eagles drumline is making the journey, including my father, is making the journey as we are in Philadelphia to Minnesota to have an Emmanuel presence at the Super Bowl. Not only that, but I don't, I'm not alone in this, not here in this room or anybody listening at home. We have all lost family members mm-hmm. who do not even know the joy that it is to win a Super Bowl. Not that we know yet, but I feel like we're on the cusp of it. Lifetime, people have come and gone in that time that it's taken the Eagles to win a Super Bowl. So while my father is out there, on that stadium made of glass will be the ashes of my grandfather, the original Eagles fan, as well as my brother who passed away two years ago. So we are covering all bases for not only an Eagles takeover, but a freaking Emmanuel takeover. Gail, like you said, it's your birthday. That's, little, that's my little piece of destiny. We're bringing the family, past and present, out there to enjoy the Super Bowl as a whole. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. And shout out to the, uh, shout out to the Eagles drum line. Uh, man, this, this, this time has just kind of flown by yeah. as we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. Mm. I hope everybody listening has enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so guys so much for stopping in. But, of course, we cannot end this podcast without doing one of our favorite segments in the world, and that is the Twitter questions that you guys send in for our boy Philly Mike. So why don't you take it away, Mike? 
All right, let's get down to it. So we got a first question from FBM4RM914. He says, does Blunt get the majority of the carries for Super Bowl 52? I say yes. I say Blunt's going to get the most, and then Jay Ajayi would say. I would say Ajayi would get 10 carries. Blunt would get fit around 15. I think you're going to see it the same as it was against the Vikings, where Jay Ajayi is getting the majority of the carries. Blunt's going to be a fill-in. And Corey Clement's going to be a crucial in the passing game mm-hmm. and in the screen game more so than anything. The great thing about this uh, story, remember we were talking storylines within storylines? By the way, we've got two expatriates on this team. Mm-hmm. So expats. Expats. The, the, Philad- uh, the New England Patriots got Razul Douglas, who's a couple years removed from any system. Eric Rowe. You mean Eric Rowe? I'm, Eric Rowe. I'm sorry, Eric Rowe. You were absolutely correct. So if you don't think that Doug Peterson is sitting down Chris Long and, and picking his brain on that Mike Patricia defense or LeGarrette Blunt isn't spilling the beans when it comes to the preparation of the New England Patriots, especially in a Super Bowl, bitch, we've got your number because mm-hmm. we got your players. Mm-hmm. You didn't want them. We were glad to take them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're, they're weak up the middle. So I think that's the interior is where they're going to hit. Mm-hmm. Ajay is going to hammer it home. He, I think he had 18 against the Falcons. I think 20 uh, versus yeah. the Vikings. Yeah. So I think Ajay will uh, handle the weight, but I think Blount's going to be right there. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be pretty close, but Ajay is going to end up out touching him. Did you want you want Dad in? I think want Dad. <laughs> you want, you want to hit this man? You want to hit this? You want, <laughs> you, want, you want to hit this question? <laughs> uh, next question is from our good friend at Brother Frank. He says Eagles up by 13 in the fourth quarter with five minutes left in the game. On a scale from one to ten, how confident are you in them closing the deal? You know. Well, well, well you know what? Wait, wait, wait. First of all, before we answer this question, should we even answer Brother Frank's question, or should we drag him across the Twitter timeline like we did a couple <laughs> days ago? <laughs> hmm. Uh, what, 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 who are your friends, Brother Frank? Who are your friends again? Tell it. us. Oh, you missed it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was just uh, a inside joke drag of Brother Frank. Read that, read that question one more time. We'll answer it for you, buddy. Eagles up by 13 in the fourth quarter with five minutes left in the game. On a scale from one to ten, how confident are you in them closing the deal? I'm, I... It's just, it's between six and seven. For I'm, me, I'm man. A, it's Tom Brady after la- five, after, yeah. after the last Super Bowl last year. I mean, how are you not supposed to be scared shitless of uh, Tom Brady with the ball in his hands with five minutes left and needs a score to come back? That's that's his wheelhouse. I mean, in margins of victory in the Patriots, uh, Brady Belichick Super Bowls three, 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 four, four. Six so comes down to the final. What minutes. that means, it's they play situ- situational football better than anyone. So you, as long as you play, play situational football to a T, we win this game. I'm even more confident. I'm going to go eight or nine on that because who's come back on this Eagles team? I mean, with all due respect to Tom Brady, if we have a 13 point lead, when in this defense can just pin their ears back and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Timmy Jernick can, yeah. can just pin their ears back and go after him. Uh. Yeah. One, one of the best teams on third down, a defense that can get after the quarterback, and an offense that can run the rock. That might be enough to counter the fourth quarter magic that is Tom Brady. I would be at a seven, and Justin holds up a sign there on the whiteboard that says, <laughs> a number 10, fuck the Patriots. You, sir, have the correct answer. Well done. <laughs> All right, next question. All right, next question is from at original 1979. It says, what's your score prediction? Who's your Super Bowl MVP? My score, 
It's going to be 2117 birds. And it's. I'm going to say for the MVP, I'm going to say Nick Foles. Nick Foles is going to be your Super Bowl MVP. Who would have thought? All right. This. <laughs> I honestly feel like this is going to be different than the previous uh, Patriots Super Bowls. We talked about the... He <laughs> took the number out of my head. Really? Took really? the number out of my head. 31-17 Just... to 17 Eagles, how I see this happening. Justin's like the magic eight ball with the whiteboard. He just <laughs> shakes it up and always comes up with the right answer. I freaking love it. And I, uh, I see a defensive uh, MVP of this Super Bowl because I see Tom Brady ending up on his ass a lot. I see Fletcher Cox. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, I, I I don't I don't care about the score. I I honestly haven't given much thought to it. The first the the, the first time I sat down and really kind of thought about the Patriots was today because I got to make notes for the show. I got a show to put on. Honestly, I've spent more time thinking about the matchup and worrying about the matchup with the Falcons, more time thinking about how we're going to get past the Vikings than I ever have against the Patriots. That's how confident, and again, going back to that inner peace, that's that's what I feel. I don't care what the score is, but Big Dick Nick is going to be your Super Bowl MVP, and the Eagles are bringing home the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go right there with you. Uh, Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP, I think... Uh... I mean, I, if I have to give a prediction, maybe 28-20, um, I think uh, we're going to put up some tutties. Tutties, tutties. Tutties, tutties. I'm going to go with – I again, I haven't really thought of a score either. I'm going to go 27-20 Eagles. And as far as picking an MVP goes, that's the hardest part because I think this might be – I think it might be the first Super Bowl team – ever without a thousand yard rusher and without a thousand yard receiver this wow. is such yeah, a yeah, team and it's so hard to pick one guy who's going to stand out as the mvp so you know what why not nick Foles? why why not why not uh you know what let's get uh potty mouth joe in potty mouth joe <laughs> oh, give nice. me a score prediction all right well he just stole my score okay it was actually 30 to 17 but my mvp has to go to zach Ertz. Zach, okay. okay. I like that. You, you like can that. see Zach Art, you know, definitely catches some balls being that security blanket. If they're able to run, move the ball down the field and uh, get the ball to Zach Ertz, keep moving those chains, you win the time of possession. Hopefully Zach gets set up by the run. You know what I mean? That, mm -hmm. That's why it's not inconceivable to see the Eagles win in this game. I would have to say 28-20 Burtz and Alshon Jeffries is going to be the okay. MVP. I you, like it. You know what would be a good Cinderella story as well? Nelson Aguilar is facing Eric Rowe a lot. What if Nelson Aguilar got Super Bowl MVP? Want to talk about underdog story? Yeah, put, put that'd be the that definition. That, then I'm then I'm gonna owe, owe Jeff at least one lap dance. If, he, <laughs> yeah. if, if, if Nelson, I know you're listening, Jeff. If Nelson Aguilar wins MVP, Lappy's on me. Nelson for MVP. Lappy's on, on me. me. <laughs> I love it. Let's keep the Twitter questions rolling. All right, next question is from our good friend, Chizzy Gets Busy. Yeah, Chizzy. So he says, the over-under of how many times Santa Claus is mentioned in the broadcast on oh, Sunday. Jesus Christ. I'm going to go uh, two and a half. Ten times. Ten? Yeah. You really think they're going to bring it up that much? During the game? I mean, how many times can you beat a dead horse? I'm going to say three. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say three times. In the, in the pregame show, you know, because that's like eight hours of friggin' coverage, at least. Ooh, excuse me. 
Um, dur dur during the uh, during the broadcast itself, the actual game, maybe, maybe once, once, if that. Yeah. You know, I, 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 they're they're putting their best people calling the game in front of it. I doubt they're in their production meetings. Like, let's rehash the old fucking snowballs of Santa Claus. Yeah, story. but I think it's gonna get rehashed when uh, they're gonna be talking about the Vikings fans and their experience in the NFC Championship game. I think that's gonna bring reference back to all the bullshit that we've been hearing for decades. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You can't escape it. Can't escape. All right, next unless question. You, unless you win a Super Bowl, then it cleans the slate. That's oh, exactly. yeah. I think a Lombardi oh, yeah. just wipes every fucking bad thing that you've ever heard about Eagles fans. Yes. It, it just wipes the slate clean. It does. All right, next question is from our good friend Zach Kress. He says, first play of the game for the offense, what are you calling and what players getting the ball? I'm going to go, we're going to run the rock first play. Trox is giving me the no-no. I think let's no. go ahead and run the rock. Play run. action pass. Play action? Deep. Or maybe if anything, an RPO play of some sort. I think we're like 60% run on first down. Are we? Yeah. That's a stat Belichick will be looking at, so that's why we're throwing the fucking rock. <laughs> Justin says to Jai, I wouldn't be surprised if they open up the Super Bowl the same exact way as they Josh. open up the season against the uh, – the uh, Washington Redskins there. Not that that play was successful. And the Falcons game as well. And the Falcons game. Fuck it, chuck it deep. Chuck it deep. Trox, what do you say, man? You, you gave you, me the no-no. You, 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 take, you take a look at the Patriots' pass defense. They're fucking 30th in the league. They're giving up 251 yards per game. It's booty scraps. It's booty scraps. That's ass. <laughs> fucking chuck it down the field. Throw it. Trox agrees with me. There you go. Good, good man, Trox. Good man. Let's keep the Twitter questions rolling. All right, we got another question from uh, John Walsh. She says, "Is it crazy to say the Eagles are a far more talented team across the board than New England?" No, no. The key factor here is Tom Brady. Tom Brady. If if Tom Brady's not in this game, everybody in America is saying that the Eagles are walking away with this, and we got a backup quarterback. And I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I want to stick on this game, but just to get back to what he was saying earlier. When we get Carson Wentz back, this is every year, man. Yep. I think I think talent-wise, they we, we match up well. We have we're great on the interior, both offensive line, defensive line. Where it is, where where it gets a little muddy is you know Tom Brady, uh, the up-tempo offense, his ability to recognize defenses, his uh, ability to recognize the blitz, and then you know that's that's the only worry I have. That's it. And in, ter in terms of talent and the way that we can attack them, I know we've talked about this several times now, but the Patriots are now 5-2 and two in the Super Bowl in this Brady-Belichick era, and the two times they lost were both to the Giants, and the Giants beat them the same way both times. And the way the Giants beat them is the way the Eagles are going to beat them with that defensive front that is eight deep and relentless. And remember when we were 53 angry men? <laughs> we're fucking 53 angrier men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're going to bring bring the house, dude. I love it. I love it. So, guys, any final thoughts on the on on the game before we before we get on out of here? What is your guys' thoughts on uh, how the Patriots are going to try and cheat this one? Do <laughs> 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 they got the hotel rooms bugged? What's going on? Did you see Spags admitting <laughs> about the whole cheating pass thing? The signal calls. Wait, 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 how they beat them, and I thought that's where we were going earlier in the show. No. They had two signal callers on their sideline because they always, the Pats always had someone so reading said, Maybe signals. have a third guy yeah. signaling. Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. Yep. More back signal callers. Back, they were saying back in 2007 in that Super Bowl mm -hmm. that uh, the Giants were doing things similar to uh, Chip Kelly when they were holding up the uh, yep. the poster board yep. with the cheesesteak and the Liberty Bell, shit like that, on the sideline. I mean, and happens. then they had two signal that's, callers. That's football. That's you know, you got you to gotta be smart. 
Next level thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine if Doug Peterson, the coach that nobody wanted, coaching high school just a mere what? Four or five years ago, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the Giants had to rush to sign Ben McAdoo just to yes. make sure we don't get him, right? Yeah, oh yeah, How'd that worked out oh, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heaven forbid the Eagles signed Ben McAdoo, the coach that nobody wanted, all of a sudden outsmarts the smartest coach in all of football. You know, I think we're sleeping on the fact that we have a couple New England Patriots in the building. Mm-hmm. I think we're sleeping on that fact. You know, they were deflating balls. You know they were taping practices. Mm-hmm. They might have this. Roger Goodell might have destroyed the evidence, but you know goddamn right well they were taping fucking practices, stealing signal calls just like they did when Mangini blew the whistle yep. against the Patriots. Yep. And imagine the Silver Fox, Crusher Peterson, outsmarting Bill Belichick. And then you know Bill Belichick's former intern in Jim Schwartz. He he owes it all to to uh, Bill Belichick for giving him a chance. So. Mm-hmm. His former intern comes back the shades. with his defense. The storylines within the storylines are going to yeah. fuel the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, I, can, I cannot wait Woo. to talk to you again because I got one more show left in me. And we've had a two-parter of the Super Bowl preview. Unlike any other 4th and John. I can't wait. To scream into this microphone one more time this season, home of your world champions, Philadelphia! E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway? The Eagles are headed for the Super Bowl. Go Bears! Go Bears! We're going to the fucking Super Bowl, motherfucker! <laughs> Ooh, baby, that's enough, baby. You're too hot, baby. Finish him! Fuck your pouch! You can't handle the truth! Buy another one, you rich motherfucker! It doesn't matter! Too fucking easy! Too fucking easy! You know it's too fucking easy! Too fucking easy! You know it's too fucking easy! Does he look like a bitch?